Welcome to the England Rugby Pod. Thanks for downloading episode 149. As promised, we're taking a closer look at Pool C and what England will have to face in the group stages starting next week. You're listening to the England Rugby Pod, the rugby podcast that believes England will win the World Cup in 2019. Hey guys, welcome back. Uh, only a week tomorrow before the Rugby World Cup kicks off with Japan against Russia on Friday, uh, a week tomorrow. Um, and then, of course, a few days later, England's campaign begins on Sunday with their opening game against Tonga. Um, and to discuss everything pre-World Cup, just before it all kicks off, of course, I'm joined by Dan. Hi, mate. Hello, mate. Only a week. It's, it's come around quicker than I thought, actually. I've been waiting so long, and now it's just suddenly come upon us. Indeed. Indeed. Um, I can't wait. Mate, I, I can't wait either. So, so many Russia sick game, days. Oh, uh, I just, I just, I don't even know if I'm even going to justify by calling up with a sick day. I think I'll just not be there. Um, it's the Japan Russia match doesn't grab my attention. New Zealand South Africa. Now that game will be worth watching, and then obviously the main event, England Tonga. Yeah, I mean, there's a few. There's on 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 the Saturday, obviously, as you say, New Zealand South Africa. Um, you've got France against Argentina, the opening game in our group, also on the Saturday. That'll be worth a watch because they're the two that I guess, on paper at least, we're most concerned about. Um, oh, for sure. And even Australia-Fiji uh, will be an interesting one. Um, I don't think Australia will struggle too much, but you'd never know with Fiji. Um, I think the thing with Japan-Russia is it's going to be the opening ceremony. Uh, it's the first game of the World Cup. Japan clearly have <laughs> set this up to ensure that they've got a, a game they're expected to win in their opening bid, which is fair enough. Um, but uh, yeah, the whole thing's just going to be awesome. Um just got to yeah make sure we don't get our timings confused it's all early mornings isn't it so i think the game yeah, typically it's... kind of 8:15 sorry uh yeah is that right need to, need... It sounds right I, th- I think there's like an 8:15 and an 11 a.m. one or something yeah something like 8:15 uh, and 11:45 maybe i don't know some something like that yeah. but you're right yeah between it, they're all they're all they're not they're not painfully early which is nice so, so just before we crack into something, like this week they were saying, I think the England team got held up at the airport. I mean, there's typhoon warnings and things in Japan. Now, I like the fact that we're having a World Cup in a new country, you know, spread rugby globally. Am I the only one who thinks, don't put the World Cup in a place where there's going to be typhoons? <laughs> I mean, yeah. It, I don't, yeah I don't, to be honest with you, I don't know enough about the, uh, the climate in Japan generally. I can, is it typhoon season? Uh, or is this has, I, has this one just kind of come come about and it's a concern? Like, I, I don't think. Well, that, that's that's what I'm not sure. If if the, if it's just happened and it's a one off, then fair enough. But from what I've heard, it sounds like this was always a, a you know this was always a, a likely, possibility, a likely scenario. Yeah, <clears throat> I, I don't know if likely, but it was always a definite possibility. And for that, that can have huge impact because. If a game gets cancelled, it doesn't get reorganised. The points are shared. If we had our games cancelled against Tonga USA and suddenly instead of getting the bonus point wins, we're sharing the points, I'm starting to get a little pissed off from that. Yeah, that will be... Uh, are you sure? that, that that's Yeah, how, yeah. Well, that, that, yeah, that is an interesting one. Um, God, can you imagine? 
<laughs> you imagine like New Zealand don't get out of the group stages because the points all get shared. <laughs> I don't give a shit about that. I, what I care about is, can you imagine we don't because of that? No, we play in all weather. It's fine. We'll play in a typhoon. <laughs> bring, it, bring it on. Um, well, yeah, well, let's keep our fingers crossed that none of, that uh, nothing gets spoiled by that because that would be a huge blow to uh, to the World Cup. I'm, I, I, I feel like they might have to relook at that. In, yeah, in, if... if- in a situation we'll see like what that, impact yeah. it has. It may, it may not. This may, this may not turn into a reality, and it may just be a unlucky freak turn of nature. I, I genuinely don't know, but it did seem when I, when I was hearing about all of this, I, it did seem to me this could have been better planned. It's like the football World Cup. Let's go to Qatar. Yeah, well, why won't we play in forty degree heat? I mean, fair enough. There were more bundles of cash being handed round for that than anything else, but. It, you know, I don't think world rugby is quite as corrupt as FIFA. So um, <laughs> that we know of, that, that, that we know of, I'm sure it's not. But uh, it does. It seems a strange choice. But never mind. It is what it is. We're there. Japan's, by all accounts, and I've never been, but by all accounts, an absolutely incredible country. And I think, I think it's going to be a great World Cup. May and and you know, so many teams. You know, we obviously are confident in England, but. So many teams in with a, a good shout. Um, I think I saw a, I saw a, a stat floating about Facebook uh, this week that showed I think it was um, England, South Africa, and New Zealand all um, won seven, lost two, drawn one in the last ten. That makes that makes things interesting, doesn't and then it? Below, and then below them, Wales. One seven. Wales have got to be the same. Wales, Wales one, one, one seven lost three. One seven lost three. Um, and I think yeah. below them there was another team or two that you know had had one seven or one well, six Ireland, lost Ireland three drawn one or something. You know, so it, 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 the point was there was a good sort of six or seven teams where, and it, you know you can't read too much necessarily into past results um, because particularly in a in a build up to a World Cup you've got warm up games where things are being tried and tested and you know so you, you can you kind of have to take it with a pinch of salt but nevertheless it's it's certainly a, it creates a what what appears to be a, a pretty even playing field which is going to make for a for a really interesting World Cup um so yeah let's hope that nothing like cancelled games and shared points gets in the way of um of seeing this one turn out to be an absolute blinder um we we promised some time ago that we were going to do an episode where we were going to focus on our pool. Um, we're going to do that today because it's really our last chance uh-huh. before it all starts to kick off. Because next week we're obviously going to have to start looking at England Tonga, and there will be obviously things to discuss about other other games that are coming up. And once the World Cup gets underway, we're going to we're going to be we're going to have plenty to talk about. So we're going to do that today. We're going to take a look at Pool C, have a look at the games that we're that we're going to have in the group stages. Um, but just before we get into that, uh, we have had, uh, 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 you know, people have answered our call, Dan. We asked for more reviews last week. We've had five new reviews. Lovely. Awesome. Um, so I'm going to do a quick, uh, go through those quickly now. What have we got? So Tommy gave us five stars. He says, the best rugby podcast. This is the greatest rugby podcast around at the moment and has been for a while. They put forth great questions about the team that the that other podcasts or pundits won't, which will leave you talking to your mates about all the different scenarios for how England will win their next game. Six Nations and, of course, the Holy of Holies, the William Webb Ellis Cup. And if their loyalty, passion and belief for England rugby doesn't inspire and win you over, then their Italian accents certainly will. I have to say... 
uh, they were on par with Brad Pitt's in Inglorious Bastards. <laughs> Tommy, yeah. Tommy is an, and Tommy is another rose-tinted brother in arms. Of course, of course. I mean, that is Thank what you, we're that's what we're, that's what we're all about. We've then got uh, from Sniffy from Sheffield. Uh, another five right. stars, England versus Italy. Uh, great pod, long-time listener. This is a quick front-row appreciation. Jamie George made Dane Coles look more like Dan Cole. George's run down the left wing and deft inside, out-the-back-door offload made me simply whimper with joy. Then Sinks comes on and makes Cipriani's wrists look distinctly silver. All the time, Ellis Genge is running around like Johnny May on speed, but with the bulk of a teenage rhino. And I'm pretty sure the Ronaldo lines in his hair have given him another yard of pace. Very cool indeed. Our front row in by uh, is by far and away the best in the world. Keep up the good work and the pod boys, absolutely superb. P.S. I couldn't care less which side of the scrum a prop plays. They all seem to be extensions of the midfield anyway. Good. I, th- that confused me for a second. So, firstly, thanks very much for the uh, thanks very much for the um, review. But w- when he said front row appreciation, I automatically assumed it, it, this man was a front row person, but. I've never heard a front row speak so eloquently, so clearly not. It was just a front row appreciation, and I, we appreciate it. In, indeed, we do. Uh, yeah, that was awesome. Thank you for that. Um, then we have from Lock Matty, uh, Midweek Essential, five stars again. I've really been enjoying the podcast over recent months. They certainly break up the week. Keep my mind rugby focused, which helps when you're heading off to Japan soon. And of course, they provide a modest slash truthful reflection of everything England rugby. I'm glad you boys run a different style of podcast to the other ones out there, uh, Joe, etc. Um, they're good, but I rate the topics and conversations on here more. Class so far, gents, just back, just back Rory. He is quality and is 100% a secret weapon for the breakdown and innovation in attack. Oh, wow. Thank you very much for the review. So th- that's, I love to hear that because, <clears throat> like you say, I, I'm not I'm by no means anti, anti him, but I, I'm... I'm looking forward to that. That's good to hear. It's good to finally have somebody who knows something about the guy because uh, we clearly <laughs> don't we, know enough about don't. him yet. Uh, yeah, so that's awesome. Another five stars there. Love it. Thank you so much for those. And then uh, AKA WD40, uh, five stars. I think he's commented before, but that doesn't mean we can't comment again. He says, great pod, just don't ask about props. Uh, great pod <laughs> that not <laughs> only isn't ashamed to show its bias, but wears it as a badge of pride. Yes, we do. Agreed, agreed. Thank you very much. Um, it's not all roses, Dan. It's not all Uh-oh. roses. You uh, Bend says, love the bias, but, and he gives us one star. Bit harsh. Uh, unfortunately, the actual rugby discussion is painfully poor, cliche after cliche, with no actual discussion on tactics. Uh, yeah, so, so I, think, I think something to probably point out i mean I, i'm not i'm not necessarily going to argue that i think something to point out is we've had quite a few new listeners recently for which we are truly grateful i think we should probably reiterate our where we are as a pod and what we are all about and uh Akers, you speak a lot better than me on this so i will i will hand over to your <laughs> to, to your description thanks um You're welcome yeah i people just need to need to appreciate that if they want to go and get tactics um, you know, and really in-depth rugby chat. You know, there are some great podcasts out there that will yeah. that will look at things. You know, from a from a professional perspective. Um, you know, and analyze games and analyze performances. We're two guys like a lot of our listeners who who like to go down the pub, have a few pints, and talk about the rugby. In fact, that's what we used to do. Um, and then we decided there's this thing called podcasting, and basically you just record these conversations and then share them, and people may or may not listen. 
um, and we decided to give it a crack a couple of years ago. Um, you know, we, we, we made some pretty bold statements about England. And, you know, amazingly, there are people out there who seem to enjoy what it is we have to say. So, yeah, look, we, we're not we're not claiming to be rugby pundits and professional media journalists and blah, blah, blah. We're just we're just two mates having a chat about England. Sometimes we might manage to slip slip in some tactical sounding knowledge. It's if we if we do, it's fluke. Um, yeah, we just like to talk about we just like to talk about the game that we love and the team that we love and and um, you know it sounds like we've got a fairly decent number of people who agree with what we have to say, Dan. Uh, so yeah, apologies that it wasn't didn't live up to your expectations, you bend, but uh, it is what it is. Um, so yeah, don't, don't know don't know what more we can say to that. Hopefully, no, no, those I, of you I, that I give well, us the five but... stars are you know enjoying what it is that we do. Yeah, I think I think that's very well put. Uh, thanks for your review, you Ben. I hope we don't lose you as a listener, but if it's tactics and things you're after, I'm afraid we are not the place to to come to. We're not. Just come. Just maybe just listen, tune in. You know, every now and then for a bit of the bias that you say you love, because um, that yeah, I can exactly. assure you will not be in short supply. Um, yeah. but look, you, any anyone, but you know, I'm, I'm mentioning this to to you, you Ben. Uh, but anyone, get in touch with us. Uh, email us um, englandrugbypod at gmail dot com, or you can get in touch with us on social media at England Rugby Pod, um, and let us know what you would like. You know, if there are specific things that you want us to look into, you know, by all means, we'll, we'll have a look and see if it's something that we can offer an opinion on. Um, no doubt we will try. Um, but yeah, just can't promise it won't be cliche after cliche, because that's kind of our USP. Kind of, that's kind of us as people as well. No, not um, only you. Well, it's certainly me as a person. Uh Right, so let's, um, guys, thanks so much for review. We mean a lot. We've got, we've got, our, our listening figures are high, which are great. And uh, I mean, high for us, obviously. Yeah, um, they can always get higher. Keep it coming, guys. Exactly. I mean, I, I guess it was always going to be sort of come around the World Cup. But let's, as, as Andy said, we're going to have a quick look at our group. Um, we won't go into too much depth about each team because, quite frankly, we don't have the knowledge. But we can give an overview and hopefully, uh, hopefully we'll be able to share some sort of information on some of the guys in our group and just give, just maybe put a bit of perspective on where the teams are compared to, compared to England. Indeed. Well, we, we open up against uh, Tonga. So why don't yes. you start there? Yeah, exactly. So uh, we've sort of shared this. So I've just done a quick overview. So Tonga, if you look at them, their last 10 games, they've lost seven and won three. The teams they beat are Samoa, Fiji and Canada. Now they're not Mickey Mouse teams, but equally... They're not, you know, they're not top teams. Tonga's, I'll go into a bit more depth on that in a second. Tonga's nickname, as every self-respecting rugby fan knows, is Akali Tahi, which, if my Tongans correct, means sea eagles. Um, they've only ever once in their history beaten a top tier one nation, and that was Australia, but that was back in 1973. So I don't mm. think we read too much into that. No, no, no. Um, and as of September the 2nd this year, they were ranked number 15 in the world. So, I mean, let's be real about this. We're not going to lose to Tonga, are we? I mean, we've got... I think Dan, we've already established this. Look, we don't need to, to talk about being realistic. We've, we've been as realistic as we possibly can. England unbeaten till after the World Cup. So, Well, OK, let, let's put it this way. I think Tonga's biggest threat to us might be looking at the physicality and Indeed. the toll that they have on 
not not necessarily from an injury perspective, but or just from a body generally, you know, knocks and bruises. So I think that's where Tonga will become a tougher game. But their last outing, they got absolutely trounced by the All Blacks, didn't they? What was it, 92-7, I think it was? Well, the, and, and the All Blacks took a man off the field for the last 15, 10, 15 minutes just to practice playing with 14 men. I think that was quite smart. I agree. I mean, there's, but there was massive uproar on, on social media, people saying that that was being disrespectful. And I, and I commented on it. I was like, well, how, how has it been disrespectful? Like, Tonga were never going to win the game. As it yeah, was, it, it was nearly 100 points. You know, it's not, and it's, and it's a World Cup warm up game, the whole point of which is to try things out, to test scenarios. And if you're going to play two teams against each other that are so far apart, you know, then, you know, what are you going to do? I mean, if New Zealand had gone into that game and treated it like the World Cup final, it'd have been 200 points. You know, they needed to try things yeah. out. Um, and, you know, what a great, what a great opportunity to try out a, a very real scenario. So. I, yeah, completely. I must admit, if I was a Tongan player on the pitch, I, would have, I might have felt a bit mugged off. But I, I wouldn't have. But equally, if I was an all I think if you're I'd, Tonga playing against I'd New Zealand, applaud decision. Yeah, I think if you're Tonga you, playing you against New Zealand, you don't get upset about it. You're like, fair enough. You know, could you take a couple of others off? Maybe we can even the game up a bit. Yeah, I, I, I'm not gonna. If I play tennis against Andy Murray and he starts serving underhand, I'm not gonna start saying. He's so disrespectful to me. He should show me the same respect because we're just in completely different places tennis-wise. I'd destroy him. Um, but either way, Tonga first up. Next up, USA. So they're last. They're ranked number fourteen in the world. Um, they're climbing. They're last, they are climbing, and their last ten matches have won seven, lost three. But you've got to look at who they beat. So they beat Romania, Brazil, Chile. And they're being Canada and Samoa uh, the same as Tonga did. I mean, Tonga USA could actually be quite a good game. They're, they're ranked next to each other in the world. Um, USA have lost to Japan. They lost to Uruguay. They lost to Ireland. What is? I mean, are they a threat to us? Not, not especially. I actually think the USA match is less dangerous than the Tonga match because of what I said about the sort of body impact. Although. It is worth noting. Last year, the USA did beat Scotland. True. I mean, what I, I don't recall the these days. If you want to watch a Scotland game, you've got to download, you know, yet another subscribe to yet another pay per view service. So I just don't tend yeah, to no, don't, don't no, tend to see any of their games. Scotland had toured the USA. They put out a second team. They right. lost by a point. We we don't really read into it. No, but, I, you I, know, think, I think still beat a Scottish team. They, well, they they did, but like you say, you know, you, you've you've got to if you when you're when you're looking at these when you're looking at these results with a view to the impact they're going to have on, you know, a World Cup, you know, on World Cup results where teams are not going to be, you know, risking losing out by putting out a second or third string side. I think you've got to take it with a pinch of salt, haven't you? You know, it's about who's who's performing against top top teams playing their top sides, you know, putting everything into winning. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't read too much into that. Um, I think you know the USA. We definitely keep an eye. I don't think it's going to be long, but we said it. We said it recently. We said not this World Cup, probably not the next World Cup. Um, but twenty twenty seven will it be? Twenty twenty seven. Well, the next one will be twenty three. Yeah, twenty seven. Yeah, so twenty seven. Yeah. I think that that 
that will be an interesting one because I think that over the course of the next eight years, you know, USA have got the pool of players. They just need to convince them that rugby is a game to invest in. Um, you know, there's so much money in American football, and really, that's... it looks like they're moving in the right direction. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. They're moving in the right direction, and it's and it's improving all the time. And that's why I think you know this World Cup's definitely too soon. I think the next one probably is just too soon as well. But yeah, come 2027, I think there could be a, another top tier nation in in the USA for sure. Um, uh, possibly. <clears throat> uh, I'm still skeptical, but I, I fully see what you're, what you're saying. But on what basis? If they're number fifteen in the world now, I mean, where were they ten years ago? 14. They're number 14. 14. No, no, they are getting better. But, I mean, to break in... OK, top tier, but... Well, uh, top tier top is, is what? Top top 10? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think I think you're right. Yeah, I think it's top 10. Um, but they might break into it. I still don't see it in the next... I think it would have to be another four or five World Cups before they become a reality of possibly winning the thing, assuming they keep moving in the right direction. Um and actually, just slightly interestingly, USA's biggest ever defeat was against England, which was in 1999. And it was 106-8 to England that day. But yeah, <clears throat> I mean, yeah, I don't think that's we're going to see anything like that from the USA now. But this is the difference. Uh, that was 1999, 10 years later. Yeah. And, you know, it's a yeah, very, yeah. they're a very different side. You go another 10 years, not even, another eight years. Um I think I think I think they'll surprise. Not I don't think it's even that much of a surprise. You know, look at the player pool they've got. I mean, if you were to theoretically take the best of the That's best from brilliant. from you know, at the moment we're sending rugby players over there to to have a crack at American football. If you can convince some of those American football players that actually rugby is a sport they should take a look at, they've got some. They've, they've got everything, haven't they? So it's it's purely about changing the mindset, and if they can do that, they become a they become a potential world beater. So, so that's the thing. Their, their, their potential is huge, but it, it's whether it's whether that materialises because you've got, you know, you've got in American football, which I guess is the reason we mentioned that it's most closely linked from American sports. Obviously, mm-hmm. you've got to, you know, that's such an institution over there. I think it takes a lot to to get people round to rugby. Although, it, uh, it do will, you know what? From a fan's perspective, for sure. But bottom line is money. There's so much money in American football, and the same money doesn't exist in rugby at the moment. And, and you're never going to convince yeah. someone who can who can do both to go for the one that's going to pay them, you know, a tenth of the amount of money. So once the money's there, I mean, and, and obviously the thing with America with American sports, and if they can get the money into this into a similar sort of area, um, is you're going to attract foreign players. Some people would argue that's a bad thing, but by attracting foreign players, you then attract other homegrown players to get involved because they then get the opportunity to play with some of the best players in the world. You know, it all starts to come full circle. I mean, you look at Japan, you know, they're becoming better and better all the time and they are attracting a lot of foreign players. Often, to be fair, you know, later in their careers, you know, the last few years of their of their careers, you know, is quite commonplace. But nevertheless, it's it's attracting more and more players from from the wider rugby world, so... Um, I, I think we you know, keep an eye on them, but I agree it, this World Cup isn't the one. Um, so yeah, you, Tonga USA shouldn't be a threat to England. It's about game management. It's about getting through those games with a full squad of fit players. Um, but that moves us on to Argentina. <clears throat> um, now Argentina, lots of people talking about how you know they have a good World Cup record and you know they're one to watch. Don't underestimate them. But, you know, following this trend of looking at past results, 
Um, Argentina, well, so, so first of all, I've, I've gone a little bit further back and I've gone right, Argentina results against England. So Argentina have won, sorry, England have won 18 out of 23. Yeah. Argentina have won four out of 23. There's been one draw. Um, points difference is England have scored maybe twice as many points. Uh, in terms of Did the last... Did the last time Argentina beat us? Sorry, were you coming on to that? Um, yeah, the last time Argentina beat us was in 2009. Okay. Um, that was their last victory at home. In Argentina, it was 24-22. There were two points in it. It was Martin Johnson's lot. Um, they'd, they'd. Um, it was also a Lions tour year, wasn't it? So we would be missing our Lions players. Uh, yes, exactly. So it was, it wasn't a full strength England side, um, and it was, it was very much a, a bad start. And in the second half, England were coming back, and yeah, you needed five more minutes, ten more minutes on the clock. England ran out of time, basically. Um, doesn't change anything. They, they got a win, but that's, that's their only victory against England in the last ten. Okay, well, that's. I mean, Argentina, and and just to keep you Ben happy, they love a cliche. Argentina do often turn up at World Cups. I mean, they got to the semi final last time out. So yeah, they did. Okay, but okay. Not dismissed, but I, I, we are still heavy favourites. No, no, but game. hold on. So two thousand nineteen. No, no, I don't have to stop you. Two thousand nineteen, they've won zero yeah. from four. Two thousand and eighteen, they won two from twelve, beating admittedly South Africa and Australia, but in both cases lower strength sides in the rugby championship for, for away matches. In 2017, two out of 12. In 2016, three out of 13. In 2015, the last Rugby World Cup, they won seven out of 13. But two of those were Uruguay and Paraguay in the South American Cup. South Africa, fair enough. And then in the Rugby World Cup, they beat Georgia, Tonga, Namibia. And then their big one was Ireland. So I, I, I'm not, yeah, absolutely. And I'm not saying that... Um, so I think, but uh, my point is, is that to say to say they turn up for World Cups. Look at their quality of opponents. So when they yeah. lose these games, it tends to be the All Blacks, the Aussies, the South Africans, and they've beaten those teams. I think we will beat them, and I think we'll beat them comfortably. But all I'm saying is that they are a potential threat, whereas I don't see Tonga and USA as a potential threat. Mm. Agree to disagree. <laughs> I think. I, I think we'll have to. I mean, look, Argentina have won 14 of their last 54 games. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. yeah, but again, look, you're looking at quality of opposition well, it, as well. Yeah, yeah, that's against good quality opposition. Yeah, exactly. So they're, they're losing to top quality opposition. As like, in... like England. Yeah. Boom. And, 14 and of 51. Are... That, that, to me, that says enough. No, it, it does say that. The only thing I'd say, don't forget, I think it was 2017 on the lines when we toured Argentina. One game, we only beat them with a last-minute Denny Solomona try, I believe. So yeah, yeah, we but, but, but again, it was a Lions year. It was an England second-string side. Oh, absolutely. I don't think I don't think we'll lose to Argentina. I don't think for a second we will, but it's not impossible. Uh, mate, but listen, nothing's impossible, but you know, we 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 believe in. Of course we do. Of course, we England do. and you know, just just of course not. We, it's a little bit too fence city to say nothing's impossible because nothing. You know, Scotland, Japan could win the World Cup. It's not impossible. It's yeah, probably not going to happen. So, so we're not. We don't. We don't deal in. We don't deal in what's possible. Otherwise, we'd just we'd be the ultimate okay, fence sitters. Well. England winning the World Cup. They're unbeaten until after the final. Come on, Dan. 
Yeah, no, 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 no. I, I 100% believe that. France, France. now. France, I'm interested to hear about. Um, so this is actually another interesting one. So, you know, the, the England record... Um, I've got to get my order right here. So the England record in the last, yes, since well, the last ten matches, um, England have won seven out of ten of their last games, and that's yeah. But that is taking out. Have that taken out five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten? Yeah, that's that's not including the World Cup warm-up games of two thousand and fifteen, um, which was one apiece. England won at home, France won away, um, just because of the, the, the nature of a warm-up game um france won france beat england in france in 2018 england beat france at home this year in the six nations 44-8 that was a that was a drubbing um so yeah a bit a bit more mixed but yeah 7 out of 10 in england's favor um in world cups it's 3-2 to england in six nations history it's 13-7 to england I mean, you've got to go all the way back to you know, the start of records in 1910 and look at everything to sort of see 56-34 to England. But you know, that's going too far away. I think you know, if we look at Six Nations yeah. history, that's since 2000. 13-7, you know, England two-thirds of the wins. You know, the, the records are with us. Um, in terms of France, in their last five, you know, looking at the last five years, they won, they've won four out of eight this year. They won three out of eleven in 2018. They won three out of eleven in 2017. They won four out of ten in 2016. And in 2015, obviously Rugby World Cup year, they won seven out of thirteen. But three of those were Italy, Romania, and Canada. Um, so in the last five years, 21 out of 53 is the is the France record. It's it's not great when you consider. It's not. When you consider that England, so so looking at the three teams, these these three, England, France, and Argentina. Argentina have won fourteen out of fifty four. France have won twenty one out of fifty three, and England have won forty four out of fifty eight. Yeah, it's look France. France can be absolute clowns; they really can. But where where France is a, is a tricky one is the quality of talent they have. Um, and even we saw against Scotland in the, um, I, I think in the first World Cup warm-up game, France absolutely took them apart. Um, Fr- France, and I, yet, and I, yet the following week they lost. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And 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 you bet you'll love this because it's another cliche. You never know which France will turn up, which which actually I hate myself. But France on their day are a real threat. I, I, those days, certainly over the last few years, have got less and less. And it got to a point where I was like, France are jokers. But you, you just can't dismiss the quality of talent they have. But then having said that, Fiji, if you look at the players Fiji have, they, should, they could potentially be the best team in the world. They're not. They're, they're, you know, they're, not they're not nearly that. So... Mm-hmm. I just, you know, you know I think we're we're looking at all these games uh, as you know what's going to happen when they play against England, as opposed to how are they going to perform in the World Cup. And I just think yeah. England are so well drilled at the moment; they're in such good condition, they have such strength in depth, they've they've grown as a team, um, and they just they just look they look ready. And yeah, France have had a couple of you know well no France had a big performance against Scotland. Scotland haven't been great recently, and you know that. Uh, are the result in, at Twickenham aside, because bottom line is England just let let them off the hook there for some reason. Um, 
you know they'll, they'll see that as a as a massive comeback to draw against England, but they were nearly forty points down at half time. So yeah, that's a that's an issue for England to have let them back into the game. But the fact is, they got. I don't point. think we'll see that again. No, I don't think no. we'll see that again from this. But team. but this so, this team is now looking so drilled, and I just think you know we're looking at past results as a way of gauging how teams are performing at the moment. And the bottom line is, France have not been performing particularly well recently. Now you can argue that that's the you know they're due a win or what or, or whatever. But I don't know. I think I think winning breeds winning. We've said that many times, and because we like cliches. And at the moment, France. Aren't, aren't in winning form. Yes, they beat Scotland, but then the following week they went and lost to Scotland. You know, then they beat Italy. Well, you know that doesn't that doesn't yeah. really that doesn't really tell us very much. Um, so I think I think when 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 push comes to shove, you know, eighty minutes, this England team looks far more formidable, even than oh, France. Sure. So yes, we can say anything can happen, but we're not going to do that because that would be too fence city. Um, I think we're going to say England we'll comfortable, comfortable winners of Pool C. I think so. I um, think so. I mean, look, I, we, I've, I've read out the, the, the last five years of results for, for both France and Argentina. I mean, for England, 7 out of 10 in 2019, 6 out of 12 in 2018, wasn't great, 10 out of 11 yeah. in 2017, 13 out of 13 in 2016, 8 out of even eight out of twelve in two thousand and fifteen, despite their World Cup problems. Jesus. Yeah. Um, so you know that's that's far better results than than any than either of Argentina or France, regardless of oppositions. Just in terms of you know winning, breeding, winning. So I feel confident. I feel good. You know they we got we've got France England on the twelfth of October. Place. Argentina on the fifth of October, but before that we've obviously got Tonga. On the twenty second of September, that's the next one. That's it. That's a week on Sunday. Cannot wait. Um, and then, yeah, USA four days later you know, on the twenty sixth. It's all happening now, Dan. It is. It's all happening, and it's coming. It is coming. It's coming. It's coming over quickly. I am. I'm pretty damn excited about this one. I am too. I, I have no doubt people will be like, you said you were going to discuss Pool C and all you did was read out the results for the different teams in it um, instead of talking tactics. But of course, we're going to be looking at each game individually before it happens. So we will we will talk more about the teams and what they're likely to bring in terms of, a, a, you know, the way England are going to need to play against them, etc. when we discuss those games individually. Just as a exactly, heads, but just as a heads up, so we, so we try to avoid I any more one agree. stars from people saying that we're not tactically uh, on point. But as as a fans pod and as a fans, I think giving giving information helps fans make their own decisions, which is what we're about. We're not trying to tell people. So, so I, th- I think good job, well done, well done, boy. well done, Ackers. Thank you, mate. Good job. I think good my job. voice might be breaking. <clears throat> About time. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, anything else you want to add, Dan? Or oh, actually, do you know what? There is. There's a couple of other things. So we've we've kind of done pool C, but actually, few few little things have just been. Look- I was I was checking out before before the uh, recording today. So you might have already known this. Some some might not. I didn't. England, England are in line for a seven million pound jackpot to share between them if they win the World Cup. When they win the World Cup, so that'd be nice. Wow. I wonder if they'll donate it. Well, they well, no, if you, don't, don't you dare donate that if you win the World Cup, boys. You, you've earned it. 
Well, it depends what they would consider donating it to. Uh, fair enough. I can imagine enough. Owen Farrell yeah. donating it to that charity that he um, supports. I forget what it's just called. Jack. There's just Jack. Just Jack. Yeah, um, and, and actually, boys, do whatever you want with your own money. Don't listen to me. <laughs> Indeed. Um, so yeah, that was that was just yeah, a little bit of little bit of knowledge for those that didn't already know it. Interestingly, though, a couple of other things. So Danny Cipriani has has he well not not so much come out and said anything untoward. He's been very supportive of the England team, but. Interestingly, he has said that going into a big competition, and it's been quoted here, I would have had to have turned water into wine to sway Eddie Jones. So he knew that it was an all but impossible task to convince Eddie Jones to take him. And he's, he's, he's very respectful of the, of the decision that Jones made to go with um, Farrell and Ford. And he says, you know, they're two great players. And he obviously wishes England the best of luck, but he seems like it was pretty much he, he knew. Yeah, and and do you know what? There's what what I'll say on that is right now, like we we said last pod, but actually with George Ford, we get the decision. But at the time when you were looking at that squad and sent home, Danny Cipriani had been the best player in the Premiership. It seemed ridiculous not to take him at the time. As it turned out, now it probably seems less so because of the way they've played. So I, I do get where he's coming from and I think he's done it in the right way. I, I don't, I, I understand why he said it and I think he did it in a, in a. Yeah, yeah, a for sure. No, it wasn't, it way. wasn't in any way a, a complaint or it was just, it was just, it was just interesting. And, it, and I agree. I think, I think he's been quite respectful in the way he's gone about it. And he said, look, I had a huge, there were a lot of hurdles that needed to be climbed and, and he's picked two really, really strong players uh, he's put his faith in Ford and Farrell, and and you know they've done really well for him. So, you know, you, you have to understand it. it, it tough decisions have to be made, and sometimes it's a question of do you go with tried and tested or do you take a punt? And Eddie Jones went with tried because, and tested in the case of his of his uh, playmakers that fly half. So, because um, Mike Brown's also come out and said he still believes he's the best fullback in England. Fair enough, you've got to back yourself. I. Respectfully disagree, Mike Brown. But, I also respectfully no. disagree. I think, yeah, I mean, that was the next thing I was going to bring up. And I think that that's, a, to me, that's a slightly odd one to come out with. Um, I have no doubt he's sitting somewhere having read this going, that's not what I said at all. It may well have been misquoted, but um, it, it's... Although he, he's says, he told BBC Radio 5 Live, so we can probably check. But yeah, if, that, if he did quite, if, he was, if that is exactly what he said... It says in quote marks here, I feel like I'm the best English fullback and I think I showed that last season. Um, he had a good premiership season. I mean, well, what about good? Well, good. Yeah, well, exactly. I, 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 he had a good premiership season. Like I say, I, I respectfully disagree. But Well, yeah, but um, he wasn't even he, voted the best. Well, because he wasn't. In his position <laughs> within the premiership. So yeah. how is he the best in England? I, I think that's I think that's a pretty that's a pretty ballsy thing to say. I mean that that's the sort of thing you only say when you know your England career is done. Um, but it's yeah, interesting that he that he later in that interview goes on to say that he won't comment on the 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 Tio incident at this stage, but he will at some point. But right now he doesn't feel comfortable doing it while the boys are out, you know, in Japan doing their doing their best and I, I don't know it just it all it feels a little weird the whole interview the whole the whole thing it's like uh, I'm not gonna disrespect the rest of the team but I, 
but I am better than them. I think that ship is. I think that ship has sailed, my friend. Um, so yeah, that that was a bit odd. Um, but uh, well, well, like you say, <laughs> back yourself. Why not? You know, uh, I don't think it's going to change anything. I'm not sure you're the next. Well, I mean, is he the next one on the plane? Not the next person on the plane, but you know, in the uh, event that that we need a, a specialist fullback, is he getting the call up? Yeah, possibly, quite possibly. It depends how it depends how much impact that incident with Tio had on Eddie, and how much Eddie is willing to. And if it had even a, even a little bit of an impact on Eddie, and, and then and then he reads this, is he going to be like, do you know what, screw you, I'll find someone? No, else. I don't think so because I, I don't think I don't think he's saying it deceptively. I think he's just saying I back myself. Um, I mean, that's one so, way to read into it. He is he is saying that I wasn't selected, but I'm the best fullback in England. So therefore, he is basically saying that Eddie Jones has picked someone who's not as good as him. <laughs> true, true. He's implying that uh, Eddie I Jones think, has made I a mistake. If, if if Elliot Daly or Anthony Watson got injured to put them out of the World Cup, I suspect Mike Brown might be the call-up. Although he has got an extra back back three player. Yeah, but anyway. I mean, that's, if, if, I, I mean, as a fullback. Maybe, maybe. If, if one of those got covered, you would want a fullback. I, I, I know who I would want. Good. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But um, the, I, the fact he wasn't involved in camps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I just, yeah, I just wonder whether though he's he's burning bridges with with comments like like that. But um, I don't think Eddie will care too much about that. We shall see. England, you know, they're, they're conditioning-wise, they're looking strong. I, I think we're going to be all right. I think we're going to get through it. Um, we're going to, we've got guys who are going to be coming back from injury at the time when potentially there'll be people going out with injuries. Hope, you know, I, I think the, the, we just cross off things. We just hope that, you know, any inevitably there are going to be some niggles throughout the competition. Let's just hope that nothing is serious enough that people have to be sent home and that there are things that can be dealt with in camp and there's no long-term injuries. Because um, exactly. how amazing would it be for this group of 31 to fly home at the end of the World Cup with the trophy um, and, and, and all of them be fit that would be strong yeah I, I'd love that and, and we will fly back with the trophy but like you say it'd be lovely if it's this group of 31 and interesting Dylan Hartley obviously commenting on the fact that he's basically heartbroken that he's not involved but has said that if England sorry when England win the World Cup he will be gate crashing the celebrations, and he will be, <laughs> and he will be on that tour bus. Um, and you know what? Well, Fair enough, him. because this campaign yeah, has been I four agree. years in the making, and he was a massive part of the first two of those, including an unbeaten year. So, um, you know, I, I would, I wouldn't resent him, Mike Brown, or Danny Kerr a place on that tour bus. Um, no, exactly, absolutely. Possibly others I'm missing as well. Maybe a Chris Rockshaw, maybe a Haskell. I think both, but, for sure. Bring yeah. them all in. Why not? It's it's been a four year journey. Um, but uh, yeah, you look. I mean, his in in Hartley's case, you know, an injury. He says that um, you know he tried to get back too quickly. That that was one of the major problems is that his his injury. He knew he, he he'd been given a deadline to get back in time for the training camps, and he pushed himself, and it it didn't work. Um, now, you could argue that he's not in form, but equally, I guess there's a question, and you know. If he was fit and firing as he had been, you know, in two thousand and sixteen, seventeen, um, you know, would you at the very at the very least have had him instead of Cowan Dickey? And I think probably what he adds offers more. 
what you yeah, what he added back then for sure. So I don't know. It's a tough one, but I, I want to make sure we now. I mean, I mean, I've, I think it was right to sort of discuss it now with what's coming in the paper. But from now on, let's uh, let's try and make sure that we now don't discuss who's at home, who's not. Let's only thirty-one focus. Thirty-one focus, indeed. Well, look, guys, we shall let you get on, um, but we will be back next week because we've obviously got England versus Tonga to discuss in more depth uh, ahead of that game. Um, the game itself is on Sunday, so I, well, we'll try and get something out this time next week, I guess. Um, but when? No, when do we think? Uh, Sunday, they, they, Thursday, Friday is probably when he's going to announce the team. We'll get something out once the team's announced. Yeah. Yes. Although, po- possi- possibly earlier, we'll, we'll see. Uh, maybe we'll, obviously, maybe we'll do two. Maybe we'll just inundate no, people say, with episodes because it's the World Cup. Midweek one. We've spent two years doing this. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. We will. We'll wing it, but we'll definitely next week. There'll definitely be two out because there'll be a week one and a match day one. Indeed, uh, guys, thank you so much for listening. As I said, get in touch, uh, EnglandRugbyPod at gmail dot com um, or on social media at EnglandRugbyPod. Rate us, review us on uh, on Apple, or I mean, I'm sure there are other other places that you can write reviews, but. Um, the Apple podcast charts and things all look at the reviews and things that come from from there. And that's where I tend to pick them up from as well so to, to read them out. But um, yeah, if in doubt, chuck us an email. Let us know what you think on there. Um, and uh, and yeah, just keep it coming. Keep spreading the word because it's it, literally we've got what a week tomorrow. It starts a week tomorrow. So um, this is what it's all been about. Spread the word and tune in next week when it properly kicks off.